Hi, thanks for joining our Lunch Break Podcast. We hope you enjoy the time you spend with Ben and myself, Paul, as we talk through issues in pastoral ministry as well as all things related to the NBA. Is that a weird combination? Yes, it's always peanut butter and jelly when you think about it. So grab your lunch and join us during our Lunch Break Podcast. Well, welcome to our Lunch Break Podcast. I am Paul, and I am enjoying a yellow curry from a, I think, I guess it's a Vietnamese, Thai restaurant. Thai restaurant, restaurant. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm having uh, curry fried rice uh, with uh, beef. It's really, it's pretty good there. If you're if you're ever at uh, Chili Thai here in Carrollton, you guys should uh, come out and try it. It's really good. I love it. Yeah. What spicy level is that? Mine is spice level three. But that's got, the middle, right? That's the middle, but it's like a dry food, so the spice could be pretty crazy. Oh. So I got I got the extra rice on the side to add to it. Oh, yeah. See, I used uh, I got the level two because I just didn't want to sweat today, <laughs> basically. So I like spicy food, but yeah, whatever. <laughs> but anyway, um, and so today's uh, episode, we'll be discussing the concept of calling to ministry, particularly pastoral ministry, and so. Uh, I wanted to start off with this question to Ben. Uh, what do you think someone means when they say something like, I was called to pastoral ministry? Um, I, I think when someone says they're called to pastoral ministry, it's kind of it's twofold. Uh, I think when I was growing up, there was a lot of people talking about the weight of, of ministry and the calling towards it. And there was a big emphasis on how it was a very big thing. Like, if you're called to ministry, it's almost like a, a very special calling. It's very, um, you just, you know, it, it kind of separates people. Right. Um, I think that um, it raised it raised those that go into ministry. It raised pastors up. And in some sense, I do agree with that. But I think nowadays, with the, just the conversation of, of pastoral ministry and calling and even even the aspect of, almost bringing pastors into that same level of other vocational work it's very different you know it's it's almost like a pastoral ministry is not as weighted as it used to be mm. uh, but it's at the same time it's like a very uh, it, it's still a very special thing not everyone's called to it um, which is really interesting I mean um, kind of how the conversations changed I think for me it's a little bit of both I think there is that weight of it um, the weight of, of calling. I don't think everybody's called to be a pastor. But at the same time, when you look at pastoral ministry, um, you know, they're, pastors are, are, are humans too. You know, they're, they're just like everybody else. You know, there's, uh, even though they're in this special calling at the same time, it's not that they've, they've gained any sort of superpower against sin or, or, yeah. or to gain holiness in any way. You know, they're, they're just like everybody else. So um, I think it's just, it's that balance of the both. Yeah. I don't know about you. Yeah, for me, like, it's just like what you said. I feel like lately the conversation has been shifting towards a more, um, I don't know, maybe, I don't know, I don't want to say casual necessarily, but more like how vocational ministry is being more and more treated like um, like a normal secular job. Like, what do you do? What do you do? Like, yeah, if somebody yeah. asks you that, what do you do? You, you would say, oh, I'm a pastor. As if somebody's, you know, you were asking, if you were asked, that, if somebody else were asked that, I'm sorry, it'd be like, it's like, oh, I, you know, I work at this store or I work for this company. Mm-hmm. It's almost like the same sort of, sort of thing. So, yeah. and and on one level, I don't mind that because for for me anyway, like it does lighten the pressure a little bit, like of what it means to be a pastor, obviously, because 
just like you said, uh, pastors are people, you know, like they, they're fallen just like anybody else is uh, in sin. And so, but at the same time, um, and I liked actually what um, this, uh, this book that both of us had read um, had to say was that there's like, even though um, we're not, pastors aren't called to be perfect, mm. you know, like literally perfect, like Jesus is perfect. Um, but there, uh, we're, split, we're held to a higher accountability in a sense. Mm. Like there's more weight on our sin in a sense, right? Mm. That kind of thing. And so that's still there. Uh, I, and I'm, I think I'm very aware of that uh, these days is realizing like, oh, we're still, or I have to be an example for my flock, or mm. I have to be sure yeah. about my reputation, being above reproach. Yeah. Those ideas are becoming much more uh, weighted and, um, and, and important mm. and to me. Yeah, and, and the book that Paul was mentioning is um, called The Call to Ministry. Oh, yeah. I think that was released by um, Albert Moeller in Southern Seminary. Uh-huh. Um, it was a very simple read. I think the, the, we, we got the PDF file, and, and the file itself, looks lengthy because I think it has like over a hundred pages no, no. but a lot of it is just graphics and and just short lists so it's actually a very easy quick read um, I think it does help bring that perspective of the weight to ministry uh, back into the conversation no. but it was a it's, it's really interesting just kind of how that narrative has developed right I mean. well, do you think there is a difference between a calling to vocational ministry and a calling to say a secular job because I think there are a lot of people out there who would say oh like maybe they're a musician and they're uh-huh. just like, oh, I'm totally, I feel totally called to this. And yeah. I've heard that from secular musicians. Like uh-huh. it's, it's almost like a calling. Uh-huh. I just meant to do this. Like they know it. Yeah. Uh, I, I think there is a separate calling to some extent. I think, um, you know, when, when we're talking about vocations themselves, we, that kind of conversation might come into any sort of conversation, not, not just like a church conversation or a Christian conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, musicians that aren't Christian, they could be, oh, like, I really feel called towards this. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it comes to, you know, Christians, we have a special calling on our own to be uh, ambassadors of Christ, to uh, reach the nations, to set uh, the example of what it means to uh, love others as Christ loved us. And um, as, we, as we continue to live that out, I think the pastoral calling is more specific in that oh, okay. um, I think there is a separate path I don't think it's just anybody that that falls into that group uh, but at the same time there is uh, that that understanding that it is still a job you know it's still uh, people are still trying to figure out oh do I go to this <clears throat> church do I apply to this job um, mm. I think there is a little bit of that still um, but I do see that there is a little bit more weight with um, with the calling like you're talking about being above reproach you know mm. I think in any job you should strive to be above reproach. You know, you should strive to right. be uh, moral and, and good. Um, yeah, I would think that like to be above reproach at a secular job, people would say you have to be a professional. Yeah, that's yeah. like the same. Oh, kind that's of good. Point, that's a know? good way to word it. Yeah, yeah. but then in, in the pastoral ministry, it's different. You know, like um, <laughs> like I remember there was a, a seminary professor I was talking to, and he had an experience where um, someone he knew, uh, he, he they or not someone he knew actually, he met someone at a wedding. And uh, he met them. They were holding a glass of scotch and a cigar in one hand, in the oh, other man. hand. And, and he was sharing. He was just kind of asking him, hey, like, you know, what do you do? And the guy was like, oh, I'm a, I'm a professor at a seminary. And his, his whole impression just kind of changed. Man, yeah. like, we have to be aware of, of what we're doing. And so I think that call to be above reproach is different in terms of pastoral ministry. Mm-hmm. But I do think there is uh, an aspect of, you know, it is still a job. You know, I think... Uh, pastors are, are still called first and foremost to their families. That's their first ministry. And sure. 
Um, if they don't, if they don't have a family, if they're not married yet, then then they have more time and ability um, to get into ministry and pour more into it. But at the same time, you still have to, you still have your responsibilities that you got to take care of uh, outside of the church. It's still a job, you know. I think right. there is still uh, that uh, aspect to it. Yeah, I mean, you know, you brought up that seminary professor, um, you know, kind of just speaking about seminary. What role uh, does a seminary education? play in terms of um, like finding your calling because I know there are a lot of seminarians out there who who they go to seminary um, but sometimes they're they they go because they just think it's a next step uh, right sure. like they just sure. trying to figure out what to do with their life and so they like you know what I'm a Christian I grew up in a youth group yeah. I liked my youth pastor maybe it's something I can think about doing and they'll just jump in and there's no clear mm. indication of something like a calling you yeah, know what yeah. we would think of a, a calling like is, a weight right? yeah right there's nothing like that so they just kind of treat it like, oh, okay, it's just the next step after school. You know, I can get a master's. Or yeah, stuff yeah. like that. I, I mean, it, it's different, though. I, th- I think um, some people do look at seminary as kind of like, oh, like, I don't have, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what my path is. Mm-hmm. So maybe, maybe I have this inkling towards ministry. So like maybe I, I should go to seminary or, you know, maybe because I don't quite know. That was one thing I think I read in the the book that I thought was really interesting was they're talking about just this desire for ministry and having this heart for ministry. Right. It's not about just um, trying to find the next job, and I think that's where it's a little different. You know, it's seminary. I think can help. I, I think there are genuinely people that go to seminary to really try to dig into that that calling. You know, do I really want to do ministry? Is this really the path that God has set for me? Right. Um, it's almost like an obstacle course that if I yeah. make it out, maybe I'm made. Exactly, exactly. And and I, I, I for people that are, are genuinely in it, you know, I, I I I think it's great. I think you know, take the time, figure it out because it is a calling. It is a way. Um, I I do think that it's not necessary. You know, biblically, it's not necessary to go to seminary. Yeah, that's true. But at the same time, there is that that teaching and that. Uh, aspect of committing to this path of, of trying to seek it out, which I think is, is important. You know, when yeah, you said something about your character. Exactly. Exactly. And I think, you know, even like medical school, like, you know, a lot of people compare pastors, you know, to doctors, you know, cause it's like physical health and, and spiritual health. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, I think at the same time, like medical school, like you have people going through taking these exams and going through years of residency and, and yeah. just the difficulty of all of that. And they're trying to figure this out and they're putting a lot of time and money. Like they come out of it with debt. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of seminarians, you won't necessarily come out of debt with it, um, with your seminary education. But at the same time, um, there is that weight of you're spending your time to try to figure this out. And that's I right. think that's great. I think for certain people, there aren't you know people that go to seminary just just to genuinely figure it out. They're just going because they don't know what to do. It's yeah. a stopgap. Yep. It's it's just you know I I don't want to disappoint my parents. Yeah. You know I, it's sure. I think in that aspect is kind of. It, for me, it doesn't sit well with me. Um, I, I think uh, our context, you know, we're, we're both Korean American, so it might be a little different with family pressure. Uh-huh. Um, but I don't know. For me, it's I, 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 me being a pastor was something that my dad didn't want me to do. Oh, yeah. So then when I went coming to seminary, it was a big step for me and my relationship with him where I was committing to God and trusting that God would handle our relationship when I followed him, when mm-hmm. I pursued him. So with that... I, I think, you know, just, just following your parents' wishes or your grandparents' wishes to go into seminary because they want you to do it. I think yeah. there's there's an aspect of that where it's just kind of like you're kind of setting yourself up for 
I don't want to say failure. That feels like a, yeah. that feels like a heavy word, yeah. but you know, you're setting yourself up for maybe a path that or years of, of time that you just kind of waste when when you could be using your giftings and your skills in a way yeah. that God can glorify Himself through you in another field. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, I think one thing with seminary is like. If we think about, especially in the context when we think about calling, is that we have um, churches who need who need gospel preachers, and they want obviously well trained mm. gospel preachers, and so they look to seminaries, and seminaries are trying to produce them. Mm. Um, but then when you have people like not really sure if they want to go into ministry, maybe not cut out, or uh, maybe not truly quote unquote called mm. into ministry, um, you have this sort of cycle that kind of happens where you know we're talking like. We treat seminary like schooling that that prepares them for a job, right? Mm. Like a secular job. So, like the church then just becomes something like a company, mm. right? And so, pastors are, mm. uh, you know, managers or CEOs of, of a company. Mm. And so, when they're applying for a job, the job process is even, or like that whole application process yeah. is like a secular yeah. job almost, right? And so then where, what is, what, how does calling go into all of that? You know, when you think about it, it's like there's this vicious cycle sometimes that goes on in a lot of churches. It's like calling, you know, like in the Bible, we're talking about things like character and how your family is and, mm. and all these kinds of things. And I'm sure churches do ask about those things, and I hope yeah. they do. But then they also look at things that, like, aren't necessarily biblical. Like mm. um, when they say competency it's like they're like yeah you should be able to it says you should be able to preach right in the scriptures mm -hmm. like if you were designed to be an overseer but um but they like some churches are like but you should be able to s s speak or preach at a certain level like oh, like yeah, this true. level of skill yeah. or like with this certain charisma like they're mm -hmm. looking for a specific type of preacher which is not necessarily biblical that, that's not a biblical standard that's placed mm -hmm. on on pastors right um, and so th those kinds of things kind of make you think, okay, it's like, then, and then, th then those people who quote unquote aren't good enough to work at that specific church who has this certain level of yeah. preaching ability or teaching ability or leadership ability, they get disheartened and they mm. think they're not cut out for ministry when it's like, well, no, go back to the scripture. The scripture yeah. is always should be the basis of all of our callings or whatever we're deciding mm -hmm. to do. And so. Yeah, it's just something that's interesting when we think about, okay, what role does seminary play? It's like, well, if I get the degree, am I good? Yeah, yeah. Well, like, no, that's not necessarily true either, right? Like, mm -hmm. churches, yeah, they maybe have, like, a, some sort of standard that they made up. But seminary also don't think that just because you got through seminary means you're called. Like, yeah, yeah. It isn't an obstacle course, yeah. right? Like, it actually is, like, really, it's, it's an important aspect of uh, becoming a pastor. And um, like Ben said, it's not necessary uh, biblically necessary, but it does say something that you're putting yourself through something that requires discipline, yeah. responsibility, uh, things that will build your character as a pastor, and so and and which is all a part of um, being a or being called to the pastorate. Yeah, no, I think when it comes to seminary, I think when I've come when I came out of seminary, I I, I felt like I was prepared as soon as I, I started doing ministry. Um, part time, I, I realized I was not prepared. I mean, there's so many uh, different areas where I, I needed to improve, I needed to go on, I needed to have seen someone do it so I could follow in that. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's where uh, this whole aspect of is, is seminary a producer of pastors or is it just a, a producer of, of biblical scholars to help sure. them equip, to equip them to do the pastoral ministry, right. not, not make pastors. You know, I think. Um, there's an aspect of the pastoral heart that I've, you know, I've seen a lot of seminarians. They, you know, talking in class, talking outside of class, mm -hmm. and you just kind of listen to them. And you're like, dude, I don't, 
you're kind of like I don't I don't know if that's this is your calling because oh. you know you're, it's more for you it's more about making sure that people follow the the Bible more mm. than more than trusting God and, and building their faith and growing in that oh, faith and growing in their life um, life of following God you know it's mm-hmm. it's it's not about the Christian walk it's it's um, more about being like, biblically right yeah like more knowledge based yeah or yeah like you know memorizing enough verses or something you know and maybe maybe that's because they grew up in that kind of environment mm-hmm. I, I don't know like I you know I don't want to say it's just all of them mm-hmm. you know I, I do think that there is um, an aspect of um, you know, nature, the environment that they grew up in that, that affects them in that way. But um, I, I do think there is somewhat of a misconception of what seminary really does. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important too. Yeah. Or what the seminary is for. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you know that uh, the book we read from Southern Seminary about um, calling uh, talked about um, like an inward calling, like a quote-unquote inward calling and an outward calling. And so I was curious, um, if applicable... Did you have any like experiences that fall into any or either one of those categories? Uh, I, I think in the sense that the book talked about, I actually had both um, in mm-hmm. my life. Uh, it's really weird. I, I don't. I don't think I had like a the the heavens opened up and oh, sure. a beam of light came down. <laughs> you know, the, the Lord appeared. Yeah. The, the, the spirit came down like a dove. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think that happened, mm-hmm. but. It was kind of like a progression. I think an inward calling. Uh, um, I think naturally, as I was, uh, I grew up in the church, and as I was growing up in the church, I wasn't necessarily a Christian my whole life, but I experienced God in a, in a, at a young age. I don't think I really understood sin and, and what it meant to really follow God uh, when I was younger. But but I knew I knew that God existed. I knew that there was a God, and um, that He was a supernatural God. That He moved in ways that. I couldn't explain, and that um, as I as I started to learn more about the Bible, he became more and more real to me. And with that, I think he started to stir in my heart this desire um, to teach and to mm-hmm. to lead and to guide others. And I think for me, growing up, I was a very biblically illiterate kid. You mm-hmm. know, just growing up in the church, um, I read the Bible uh, because I wanted to get prizes for like Awana, and you know, I, I did I did <laughs> what I had <laughs> I did what I had to do to to be that good Christian boy. But I didn't, you know, really know God until um, I started to realize my sin. And I think with that stirring, there was a moment in, in college where I realized, wow, these other paths, these other the, these other avenues that I really want to go down isn't the way that God is leading me. And he is leading me towards people. He is leading me towards uh, teaching them and trying to prevent other people from growing up in the same uh, biblically illiterate manner and, and the same not truly understanding God manner that I did and wanting them to understand God younger so that they don't have to, you know, spend a lot of their life just thinking like, I, I don't know God. Yeah. Or maybe eventually drifting away from God. Because mm-hmm. I can say, even statistics say that this generation, you know, and, and it's probably going to continue on is progressively getting more and more biblically illiterate. Oh, yeah. So I'm, yeah. and I think that's very true. So I think there was that aspect of inward calling kind of stirring me in my heart. And God was kind of like, no, yeah. like, yeah, I wanted to go into tech, you know, and be a computer programmer. And uh-huh. I was like, no, that's not the way. And it was just random things kind of like outside, outward calling that happened too. Sure. I think uh, when I was in middle school, my grandpa, my dad's side, they, that whole, my whole dad's side of the family is, um, they didn't grow up Christian. Mm-hmm. And when they came to America, they went to church. They were kind of like that typical first-gen Korean 
um, Korean family that came oh, yeah. to church because that was where all the other Korean people. That's were. right. Yeah, they were finding community. Yeah, exactly. So they wanted to find that community. They wanted to find people that could help them and, and find a network. So they went to church. But my dad's dad, he became a Christian when he came to America. Mm-hmm. And when he became a Christian, he um, would would say some random stuff. I mean, when I was younger, me and my cousins, um, we always wanted to kind of avoid talking to my grandma because he would sit us down for like. Just, just so much. Like he would just sit us down and just talk to us for so long. And, you know, we wanted to just play and have fun. And, um, one, one thing he did say to me that's actually stuck with me. Like, I, I've forgotten a lot of stuff he said to me. I'm a terrible grandson for that. But um, he's, he told me one thing that really stuck with me was I was in middle school, I believe. And, and he said, out of all of my grandkids, I see you as becoming a pastor. Hmm. And I was like, whoa there. <laughs> I was like... Don't put that kind of like voodoo on me. Like don't, <laughs> don't, don't you know? Don't do that. Like I don't, I don't, you know. I, I think my impression of being in pastoral ministry is you're gonna be poor. It's gonna be terrible. Oh, People yeah. don't like you. You know, it, it just I didn't want to be that. And I think as I started to grow up, I realized, um, no, maybe maybe that path isn't too bad. And as God kind of stirred in my heart, he was he was making that more and more real. And that that experience just stuck with me. And and as I was growing up too, when I when I first mentioned to my youth pastor that I, I think I think I'm being called to ministry. Mm-hmm. The craziest thing is that outward calling is very real, I think, where yeah. um, God puts people around you to really tell you and show you and even confirm with you your calling. Yeah, that's right. And I think a lot of people at that time were telling me, like, hey, like I, I see this gifting in you and I see this in you and I and, and I think, you know, you have a heart for people, you have a heart for the church and I really see this in you and it confirmed it with me. Mm-hmm. And there was even this one pastor um, my my uh, youth pastor at the time was going to um, Golden Gate uh, Baptist Theological Seminary. I'm originally from San Francisco. Oh, yeah. and he was over there um, serving in our church. And um, he actually, uh, I, I met some of his seminary friends. And there's one pastor who straight up told me, don't do it when I first told him. And I was like, shoot. <laughs> like, you're not a nice guy. You know? But but that was probably, that that. Like advice was also really good for me too. Yeah, I think it, it, it further laid down the weight of it and, and really helped me realize this outward calling, like it, it and this inward calling, they have to match. They have to go together. Yeah. you know, if if you feel like you're called to ministry inwardly, but yeah. no one is 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 confirming it in sure, you, then sure. then take some time, like really pray about it. Yeah, you know, really think about it. Really try to get some close friends, some people who will be just very honest with you, very real with you, and and just try to real try to think through, like will like is this a path for me? Is this what God is calling me to? Um, and, and if other people are confirming it in you or saying these things about you, like, hey, you should go into ministry, but you don't have an inward calling, I think you should, you know, just, just, you know, not, not, not flirt with going down that path. You know, I, I think that, that one pastor's advice of don't do it. It was very real. I think it's, you know, pastoral ministry is tough. And I think you and I kind of see that, you know, mm-hmm. having to, um, just to share the gospel and having to be the leader, be the front runners, you know, it's always, sure. it's hard. Yeah. You know? yeah. It's stretching for us. It's, it's refining us. It's breaking us down and helping us realize, man, we, we need to ourselves break down first and, yeah. and lay ourselves down first. And that part is so hard. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. I think there's that weight and, and I think you would agree. I don't know if you've had those experiences. In yeah. I mean, like, well, you know, and thinking about what the book was was saying, like they described the inward calling as that compulsion. Well, mm-hmm. well like there are almost two things. Like yeah, there's yeah. the there's that desire that you want to do it, mm-hmm. and then there's the compulsion compulsion of I have to do it. I, yeah. I don't know what else to do. Yeah. Like I, you know, 
that kind of thing. And just for me, when I think about when someone asked me this question, I was like, hey, when did you feel called? Or was there a moment or something like that that you felt like? Was there a burning bush moment? I think a lot of people called it. I think a friend of ours actually called it something like that. Um, for me, like, like when I, I was living in Atlanta, Georgia, I'm doing youth, uh, doing a youth internship at a church there. Um, this was like 2011 or something like that. I was trying to, me- like, like a friend, a close friend of mine, he, he had memorized the entire book of Philippians. And I got inspired by that. And I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to memorize one too. <laughs> and I was like, you know, I chose Galatians just kind of randomly. Yeah. Just because I realized I hadn't read Galatians that thoroughly at that point because I was a young Christian at that point. Uh-huh. Um, and so I decided to try and read Galatians or try to memorize it. And I got, I didn't finish. <laughs> Never finished. Because I, I got to this point, I got yeah. to chapter. I was in chapter one. I I got to verse like fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, um, and it became so for for whatever reason that like just like like right after I read it. Mm. Okay, and this is what it says. It says, but when he and this is Paul talking about uh, how he was called into being uh, into his apostleship. Yeah, he says, but when he who had set me apart before I was born and who called me by his grace was pleased to reveal his son to me in order that I might preach him to the Gentiles. I did not immediately consult with anyone, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me, but I went away into Arabia and returned again to Damascus. So I decided to take that verse completely out of context. <laughs> no, I didn't decide to do it, but like I just read, he who sent me apart before I was born, who called me by his grace, was pleased to reveal his son to me because mm. when I read that part, I was like, oh, that's my testimony, mm. right? Like I had, I had been, I was like a young Calvinist, <laughs> you know, and, um, so being set apart before I was born was a, like was hugely impactful, and then uh, grace. I mean, mm. being called by His grace, right? And then God being pleased to reveal Jesus Christ to me, like mm. it was His cho- decision yeah. to do that for me, you know. Yeah. Um. And but He decided to do that, and then Paul says, in order that I might preach Him among the Gentiles, and mm. that really is what. Oh, that's my next step. I yeah. was, I was, I was, you know, predestined. I was, you know, before the foundation of the earth, called by His grace. Mm. Jesus revealed himself to me. Um, and so now what's my next step? I'm called to preach to, uh, to among the Gentiles, mm. right? Um, that kind of thing. And so I always kind of go back to that story, even though like, it's weird though. Like I'm always skeptical about people who have burning bush modes. Yeah. Like that doesn't necessarily, <laughs> I don't want them to, I don't want people, or I would never, I don't think I would ever advise um, a pastor or seminarian. And, but though some people have done this and have it's been carried through for them but uh, but for myself i would never advise them to like pick that burning bush moment to be the thing that drives mm. you into enduring through ministry yeah, right? yeah. like how difficult no matter how difficult it is oh, yeah. um i would like that's not what's going to get you through jesus will get you yeah, through yeah. Like, that's like, the grace of jesus like yeah. you have to cling to him like preachers preach the gospel to yourself all the time repent of sin you know uh-huh. all those things you have to do all those things um not and not just remember this this like you know, surprising emotional, spiritual moment that you have. Yeah. Um, and even though those things, I would, I, I don't want to like, what is it? Um, discount them. Yeah. Cause yeah. I think those are important uh-huh. to some people, you know, and, and obviously to me, cause this is every time somebody asks me, this is the first thing I think of. Yeah. But I would say that, you know, like that's good, uh-huh. but, and, and that's encouraging. What a blessing that might, might've been for you, but like mm. you have to lean and trust yeah. in, in Jesus. And so for me, like, like that desire was came there from there, and that uh, compulsion that like wow. okay I can't do anything else like, mm. came definitely from trying to memorize the Book of Galatians and uh-huh, getting uh-huh. to that point. Though I, I failed to do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then, but then, but then since then, even before that, like I was doing that youth internship, and and then since then, when I came over here and um, you know I was a member at a few churches, uh, 
I realized uh, a lot of people like kind of confirmed it. They're like, yeah, like you're, you're a good preacher or you're a good teacher uh-huh. or things like that. Those are things I always, I heard, you know, and, mm. um, you know, I, I never feel like I deserve that. Cause I feel like I just never work hard enough at preaching and, uh-huh. and, and writing sermons and stuff like that. But, um, God has graced me in that and saying people have like, in a sense, confirmed that calling in me, um, and like hearing that from the outside and from people by like mentors and, mm. and pastors around me like to have yeah. confirmed that in me and so i'm super grateful and um you know that's kind of what it's been i think it's interesting uh just looking at both of our stories mm-hmm. one thing that comes to me is is neither of us were, were were we were far from perfect yeah you know you're saying like in that first story it's like you didn't finish it. You know? <laughs> i think for me it's like I, I think I was very biblically illiterate. I think even choosing seminary, I was very like, I'm just, I, I thought of it like any other school. I was like, I'm just going to pick a good school. You know, people, yep. a, a, a seminary, everybody talks about. Sure. Like, you know? and yeah, then, I actually didn't choose Southwestern. Just my pastors, they were like, go to Southwestern. That's yeah, what I, 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 had <laughs> no I had no idea. I didn't, I don't think I knew anything about denominations until yeah. I, I was about a couple months or a month or two away from choosing which one I, I was going to go to. Um, even that, like, I, I, I think the only thing I really knew was, like, Presbyterians, they sprinkle, and Baptists, they dunk people. That's, like, really, like, I'm like, oh, I think that's, like, the big that's difference, pretty, right? That's pretty, that's, that's accurate. It, right? That's, that's accurate. it, right? You know, I, I, I really didn't know anything else. And then, um, so, you know, I, I think, for me, it was just pick a good school, you know, don't, don't, yeah. don't, don't worry about all the other things. And mm-hmm. um, I, I think, uh, you know, even though the denomination thing was all there, I, I think even for, you know, hearing our stories, it wasn't necessarily that we were prepared or the most ready. Um, I think that's that's where I I think the the book could do a little bit better job, mm-hmm. to be honest. I think they, they put a lot of weight and a lot of um, pressure almost, um, where it's, it's telling people about the call, but at the same time, it never really talks about um, ways to be prepared or, or ways to get ready for that, you know, ways to um, come into your calling. Mm-hmm. I think that's where I was reading the book and I was like, oh, shoot, like, am I, if, what, what if I'm not like all good? You know, what if mm-hmm. I'm, I don't have everything put together? Yeah. What if, you know, I'm still like you're saying, you were saying me too, like trying to become that good preacher, you know, what if we're developing that? You know, I think um, wh- what happens then? What happens if yeah. we're not there? Um, and I think just being young pastors, I think for us, it's, that's a lot of pressure. Yeah. And that's where, for me, I think the book could add a little bit and say, hey, like, um, don't don't worry about uh, being perfect right now. You know, you're, we're always going. I think a, a pastor, a pastor friend of mine at a church in Austin told me, um, he's like, he was, he was telling me, and I was, I was I was slightly depressed hearing this. He was like, from your from your twenties to your your fifties is all training. <laughs> and, then, and then from your 50s on that's that's where you got to put your your training into action and I was like shoot like this is really like a long path you know, this, yeah. is, this is really something like yeah, yeah. what did I sign up for <laughs> but um, I, I think the one big thing is even in, in the midst of I, I mean it might be different for you but in the midst of the struggles and the hardships mm-hmm. um, I think there's a continual uh, reminder from God uh, that that I am called to this. Like this is uh, something that he has been preparing me for. Something that he is leading me down, um, and that's just a conti- like you said, a continual reminder of Jesus and yeah. what he did and what he went through. And yeah. as I as I am reminded of him, I gain strength in my own calm. I gain strength to to persevere, to push through. Yeah. Um, in my own ministry, in yeah. my own experiences as a young pastor. Yeah, yeah, for sure. 
Yeah, so, you know, hearing all this and, and, and reading that, that booklet and things like that, do you think you have, like, a, like a working definition of what a calling to vocational ministry is like? So, so if some, again, yeah. like a young seminarian were to come uh-huh. to you and be like, um, you know, I'm not sure what I'm doing here. Um, you know, I thought I was called to here. What exactly is a calling? What should I have, you know? Calling to pastoral ministry. Yeah. I think, it, I think for me, I'm still developing, like, one-sentence response. Sure. I, I think a lot of what the book said, I, I would agree with. Um, mm-hmm. I do agree that um, calling is, is an inward and an outward um, confirmation towards the ministry of, of the church. Mm-hmm. You know, whether that's here in the States in the local church or if, if that's um, on missions overseas. Um, I think it's, it's uh, being someone who's, who's uh, uh, someone who's, who's there to equip the saints. Um, I think, um, uh, what, what, what was that? Um, you know, that, that, that shepherds are called, shepherds and teachers are called to equip the saints for the ministry. The work of ministry, you know, yeah. We're, we're, we're here to, to, to train people in the church to, uh, push them and, and to equip them to do work, to do God's work, to, yeah. to preach the gospel to them, to, to teach them about the word and mm-hmm. teach them about what Christ has done for them. And, yeah. and as we teach that, their own faith is, is deepened and, and we, we, we nudge them and we, we sometimes we have to pull them, yeah. you know, into the direction of being his ambassadors. Yeah. You know, I think when it comes to uh, a working definition of calling, I think it would be... Um, I, I don't know how I, would, how I would say it in like a sentence, but it would be just an internal urge and an outward confirmation uh, towards the teaching and equipping um, of the, the church. Yeah, the saints of the history. Yeah. Uh, That's Ephesians 4. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, for me, I think a working definition that I would give, or at least I've been sitting on recently, and it's been holding pretty well under scrutiny, <laughs> or, which the only scrutiny is my own. <laughs> Said it, but really, I mean, calling. Wait, you've never said it. This is this is, this is live. This is real. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say that uh, calling is something just like a like responsibility. Um, mm. Maybe stewardship is maybe a good good word for it because, mm. um, like, because I think about okay, you know, for normal people who maybe aren't in, in pastoral ministry, you could say that calling they've been called to be mothers and fathers, mm. for example, right? Um, and yet, if you're if they're in a life of disobedience, maybe they're not married, but they accidentally have a kid together, whatever the case is. Yeah, yeah. They've been called, nonetheless, to raise that child. Yeah, yeah. Like they're still like the the commands of Christ mm-hmm. are still true st- standing. You know, yeah, you yeah. still have to obey, right? Yeah, yeah. And so if that that's been placed on them to raise that child in a godly way, whether they obey or disobey, or and they decide to get married and raise a family together, whether that's whether they decide to do that or not, you know, that's them you know, neglecting their calling or whatnot, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. And so in the same sort of way, I kind of see uh, pastoral ministries that it's like when you have what you said is that uh, the internal call and the yeah. external call and the confirmation and things like that, when you have all that and then you're placed in a setting of, um, to, uh, to shepherd a flock, um, you are now called to shepherd that flock. Mm. Like you have to do it. Yeah. Like it's been placed on you. Now you have to steward it. Like yeah. it's your responsibility. That's your calling. Yeah. And that's kind of what I think, what I would say is a calling. It's like, well, so like, what are you doing now? Yeah. You know, like if somebody were to, like if a seminary were to ask me, it's like, so what are you doing right now? It's like, oh, I just, you know, I'm going through my MDiv right now. Okay, cool. So do that then. That's your calling. Yeah. You're, yeah. you're, you're meant to steward that degree and do it well. Like, and uh, when you get to the point of 
uh, whether or not you're going to decide to do pastoral ministry or not, yeah. like actually get in there. Because maybe you won't finish. Yeah. Right? Then maybe, I wouldn't say that like they're neglecting God's calling by not finishing. Mm. You know, I wouldn't say that they're sinning or something like that. Because yeah, I think yeah. that's what a lot of people would think is that they see calling as this maybe like a path like a, and then one is God's will one isn't yeah, you know yeah. and so they get scared that like okay oh, yeah, if yeah. I don't go into pastoral uh-huh. ministry like I thought like when I initially came to seminary for, seminary for yeah. the, am I disobeying God's will well it's uh-huh. like no no you're not because because God doesn't say to everyone that they have to be pastors yeah. or go through seminary right um, you chose to do this and so you should finish because you've been called to this for now uh-huh. you know and then later if God, if God willing, like if, the, if you continue to have that desire to preach or and you have external confirmation that that's the right to go and then yeah. you hold up to the biblical standards that are yeah. set out in, in scripture, like, um, then yeah, then, make, then go for it. Why not? Like you have yeah. the desire, do it. It's a noble task, you know, yeah. like, like Paul says. And so, um, yeah, and so I would see um, calling to, is more like, okay, you're, you're being like, you have to be a good, you have to be a steward now, whether you, mm. whether you want it or not. Yeah, I think that's yeah. the other thing is whether you want it or not. That's one thing. Cause people like, like you said, you had a lot of other pastors tell you, it's like, don't do it. Mm. <laughs> you know, like they, they suddenly don't want it. And they warn people away from it as much as they can. Yeah, Cause yeah. the hardships that it comes with. But yet when you still feel compelled to do it, then, um, well, there you are, you're kind of yeah. calling, you know, in yeah. sense. so um, that's what I would, I think I would I think, say. I think a good follow up question to that would be if you're in seminary, what are some what are some things you can do? Mm-hmm. I think our, our experiences were different when we came into seminary. I we both did internship before we went in, but I think for you you didn't go straight into um, doing ministry in oh, a while pastoral was, sense while you're in seminary at the beginning. That's right? right. At the very beginning, the first few years, I was just uh, a member of a church. I yeah. served on a worship team for like a year, um, but other than that, I didn't do actual any pastoral quote unquote past like you know. I wasn't yeah. part of a staff or anything like that. No. And, and I jumped into it really fast. And, um, I think there were there. I think it's not saying that one path is better than the other, um, but it was. I think from that experience, is there anything you would recommend seminarians who are mm-hmm. still trying to figure out maybe that calling? Like, yeah. is this really my path? Is yeah, there yeah. something that you would encourage them to do yeah. while they're in seminary? Yeah, I would say get with your degree counselor <laughs> and schedule it where you can plan it where maybe you have a little lighter load when you have ministry because mm-hmm. I see ministry I mean I was just actually talking with some seminaries the other day yeah. um, and they're in the middle of ministry but they're also dealing with finals and you know papers at the end of you know end, end of semesters and middle of semesters and things like that and not that it'll it won't ever get busy yeah. but let's be honest there are some classes that aren't as um, that aren't as difficult or time consuming as others you know and maybe if you're going to start doing ministry be sure that you um, maybe plan your degree around when you want to do it or Plan when you want to do ministry around where your what your degree you know coursework is going to look like, um, just for the sake of at least that stress being off you. And again, if you're like single, for example, like uh, particularly if you're single, I, I would do that. Obviously, um, if you're not single, if you're married and you're going into seminary, then. Um, you know, honestly, I would almost say, like, don't do ministry yet. Like, mm. take care of your family. Be sure mm. you can make it through a master's degree yeah, yeah. and be able to not neglect your children. Because yeah. I see this a lot is that um, people will just jump into men, especially will jump into uh, ministry and school and ministry will kill them because they'll, mm. they'll just overwork them. And then they'll get no times with their families. I heard a story, actually. Mm. Um, of This uh, pastor who went over, uh, this was uh, in California, and he was doing children's ministry at this church. And, uh, like one day he came back home and in there, like he has, he has like two kids or at the time it was two kids. 
And uh, one of his daughter, they were in their class was asked to draw their family, and she didn't draw him in there. Oh my god! Because because oh he, he was god. always at church. Yeah, yeah. You know, he was always at church doing something. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I was like, oh, dude, you gotta get out of there. Yeah, you yeah. gotta say no it's to yourself, healthy. dude. That's yeah. not okay. You know that your daughter doesn't know you, yeah. like, or doesn't think you're a part of the family right now. You know, because she's always at church. Um, yeah, I mean, if your kid is drawing family pictures yeah. while you in it. You're not, you know, you need to take a step back, yeah. or, you know, things like that. So, um, so yeah, that would be, I think that that would be just some, some wisdom maybe as yeah. uh, having come from it. It's like, I, I wouldn't, I don't say either way. It's like, oh, you shouldn't do, do mm-hmm. go do ministry and seminary at the center, or you should do, I would just say like, well, okay, where are you? What kind yeah. of capacity do you have for work and stress yeah. and things like that? And then go from there. Yeah. I, I, I would definitely agree. I think, um, ministry experience it will either help confirm or, or help you realize maybe this isn't my path. Yeah. Um, I think ministry experiences is you can't imitate that anywhere else in the world. I don't yeah. think there's anything else that's, that's, that's like that. Um, I would definitely recommend taking advantage of if you're in seminary and trying to figure it out, start talking to people. I think, um, nowadays, especially in the church, there isn't kind of, there isn't that emphasis of, of discipleship. I think the way discipleship and mentorship, the way, um, it used to be, you know, even, even when you look at scripture, you know, Jesus was the one that called his disciples and you don't necessarily have that nowadays in the church, but I would definitely recommend, um, nowadays, I think the way that young people can learn and grow is just find people and, and learn from as many people as possible. Learn what you can, um, reach out and, uh, gain, gain experiences through their experiences. You know, don't, uh, I think I did this. It's really funny. Actually, when I was, uh, in college, I actually hung out with a lot of older people who were like dating and then they got married and mm. I would just spend time with them. I would definitely, I would basically be a third wheel oh, yeah. because as I did that, I started to see how they interacted together. I started to see how they spoke about each other. I started to see how they loved each other. And I think that impacted me to the point where it didn't make me a perfect husband when I first got married, mm. but it made me realize, oh wow, like there, there is more than I have to know, more than I have to learn personally. Mm. And I think... Uh, taking advantage of other people's experiences is the best way to grow. I think if you talk to any any good, loving pastor uh, or mentor, they would want you to be better than them. They want you to succeed yeah. better. They don't want you to go through as much as they went through. They want you to to grow and be stretched and, and to do God's will and, and stay faithful to the ministry in a way that's uh, healthier, more healthier than they did. They yeah. they would want like any any parent would wouldn't want their child to go through something that they went through that was difficult and hard and it, it broke them down and it messed them up. Like I think, um, I would say just just look for those kind of pastors, look for the kind of professors, seminary professors, and ask them and talk to them and deal with you know just deal through things. If you have pain from the church, you know like talk to a pastor about it, talk to a, a seminary professor about it. Take advantage of the experience of the people around you because. That's that's experience that either you're gonna have to go through yourself personally, or you can skip that and, and skip the heartache and and learn to to learn from others. Yeah. I think that's a great way to 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 gain experience and to mature and to grow um, while you're in seminary and to maybe even figure out like is this truly my calling? Yeah. Is this truly where God is uh, yeah. calling me towards? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. Well, um, we're late for work, so we gotta go. Oh um, man, thank you for joining us. Yeah. Uh, and we'll see you next week to talk about NBA playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> good year. Yeah. Bro, well, yeah. Oh. 
Well, Ben and I are on our way back to the office. Uh, we hope that you enjoyed your lunch and our lunch and the conversation that we had. Uh, if you have any comments or questions about the conversation that we had, you can email us at ourlunchbreakpodcast at gmail.com or you can download the Anchor app. Uh, the Anchor app is where we are recording our podcasts. Uh, there's a cool feature on there where you can leave uh, a voice message or a voicemail uh, for us so that we can listen to later and uh, we may, maybe we'll respond to it in a later episode. So please feel free to do that and uh, you're invited to lunch next week. So please join us next time uh, at our Lunch Break Podcast. <laughs>